developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Can you hear us? I hear you. Yeah. Okay. Hey, everybody. How we doing? Welcome to the late night. Hey, man. Hey, we are definitely in the off season. Oh Two weeks in a row. We start off with the stir, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had the intro play and everything, and I was like, all right, cool. And it's like, nope. <laughs> nope. Well, I guess we'll do this. Hello, everybody. What up? What up? What up? <laughs> my name is Tim Daniel. His name is Ben Brown, and joining us today from Locked On Reds, our good friend and yours, Jeff Carr. This is What's Late up, Night Reds, part of the Riverfront. Jeff, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Looking forward to some uh, fun playoff baseball. See, the Rangers already got a run up on the board on the Astros. Their magic continues. Yeah. Oh, man. So we have to apologize about the technical difficulties. Jeff and Ben can attest. I played the intro video. Yes. <laughs> And I will, I, I will, I will attest. To that. Yeah. I don't know what happened here, but um, Jeff is here and we both have beards. Ben also has a beard. So it's the bearded gang episode. Yes, yeah. sir. Is that what actually? Freedom and wheat, Chad. Freedom and wheat. Yeah. <laughs> Nate. Well, Nate doesn't have hair, so we can't really say anything there. Um, but uh, Jeff, I do really have a quickly a mini bone to pick with you because oh. I've noticed anytime on. You are not available. Steven calls me to fill in for you on Locked on Reds. Why is it when Why is it when Steven's not available? You don't call me. What the heck? He's trying to yeah. He's trying to fulfill the uh, the the rumor that you and I are the same person. I right. Think, yeah. So. <laughs> yes. But yeah, no. It's 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 always one of those. I just get a little bit lazy when I'm by myself, and I'm just like, yeah, I can just talk about the Reds. Let's do it. I won't bother anybody else. <laughs> yeah well i understand i understand uh before we do kind of get into the talks today once again as always i want to let you know this week's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at SeatGeek. and as you know SeatGeek is the easiest place to get tickets in the secondary market as they spell it out for you green means good red means bad you're getting ripped off you don't want to buy from there so whether it's getting ready for next season and getting your Reds tickets whether it's getting tickets for the Bengals and Paycor for Sunday night against Buffalo I heard they're doing the stripe stripe section night that night that'll be fun mm. really excited to have our show go head to head with a butt with a Bengals game on a Sunday night yeah I'll be really good I'll be there, I guess yeah. a really good Buffalo team too. right yeah sure everyone's gonna listen that night <laughs> hey, do you have any pre-recorded? <laughs> get the pre-record. Like no this show is a previous, a previous recording of Late Night Reds. Best of, is, best yeah. of. We can br- hey, bring on the Drew Stubbs interview again. Let's play both of them. Play both of them. Play them both. Nope. Play them both. <laughs> Let it ride. <laughs> but if you haven't used SeatGeek before and you want to try it out and you see something you want to go to, uh, please use code Riverfront. All one word for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. Or if you've done it already, just keep making email addresses. 
Yeah, and SeatGeek's really easy to use. Like you said, green means go, uh, red means no. Uh, we actually, when we went up to New York this past summer, went and saw the uh, went into a Yankees game. We used SeatGeek, and it was super easy, super helpful, um, and they got us some really good tickets. So if you are going to order tickets, order them through SeatGeek. Use that Riverfront code. Why not save yourself twenty bucks? Yeah, absolutely. A two ten pod. And so it begins. Yeah, that is something that old Sarah Elise accidentally started and has no idea. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. She saw me at the grail one time and said, Hey, Jeff Carr. And someone else got a hold of it and it's not ended since. Yep. Mm, <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love doppelganging, doppelgangering. I mean, I couldn't pick a better doppelganger than you, Jeff. Same, same. Yeah. That's probably why you two can't do shows together. I mean, people would <laughs> literally freak out. They like, don't break the internet, yeah. right? <laughs> like it's just a full podcast of the two Spider-Man meme, right? They just I should get that to be the thumbnail for the show. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get into uh, just a quick playoff update. So, um, what a as always in the baseball playoffs, what a wild, wild postseason. Man. Um, so ESPN put a thing up when the Braves were down two to one. So obviously it ended up being three to one, um, that the top five records in baseball were one in 13 in the postseason. Man, that's incredible. Isn't it? That's incredible. And I mean, the, the Rangers themselves have quite a stat. The one thing that I'd like latched onto was against the Rays and the Orioles, the Rays and the Orioles combined to lead one inning against them in 54 innings against the right. That Isn't that was crazy? Such a bl- my, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it was on your show, Jeff, that I picked the Braves and the Orioles to play in the World Series. So that uh, didn't had, go very well. I had the <laughs> Orioles and the Phillies, so I still got one team left. But, yeah, I I felt bad about the Orioles pick. Yeah. Um, I did what I could. So, obviously, these two matchups are great. And it's kind of irritating in the sense that, and look, I know we've said we're just not going to go through the trade deadline thing because it's October. We need to move on. And I agree. We need to move on. But um, Arizona's in the NLCS. They beat the Reds net for that last wildcard spot by two games. Um, Jordan Montgomery is starting for Texas tonight. Uh, trade deadline acquisition. Um, so it is looking like it's not aging very well for that decision making. Yeah. To be fair, Lance Lynn was a guy that I wanted the Reds to go get, and he is the reason that the Dodgers are no longer in this season. Right, yeah. So yeah. there, there's like six one half dozen the other. Although I will say the Diamondbacks went and got Paul Seawald. One of their biggest waiver wire additions was Ryan Thompson. Yeah. Um, and those were guys that the Reds could have went and got. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's it's it, it's tough because you know, a simple way of looking at it is just taking the reds and replacing them with the diamondbacks. Probably not that easy, but yeah, it feels like that. Yeah, it does. Um, but I think with this kind of playoffs, I think it's kind of that whole, and it's, I know it's still going on something that obviously everyone's now fighting about because what be, what's the reds fan base without social media fights, right? Got to fight on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, I, I don't even get on there. I like got on there for a little bit during the Bengals game today, but like this whole Nick Castellanos thing is driving me freaking insane. I don't like, Oh my God. And I don't really have a side on it. Like I get both sides. Like, yes, the reds did a really good right-handed outfield bat who could hit home runs. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, his contract is probably not ideal for the Phillies in the future. But I love Nick Castellanos. I would have absolutely loved to have him on this team. Um, but, oh, my God, I don't think we need to fight about this. It's so stupid. Right. It's fighting about nothing. There's, mm-hmm. no, there's no opportunity there. The Reds aren't going to spend the money that it takes to keep no. him. Not a that chance. Would, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah, not a chance. Yeah. Especially not with the young like nucleus and core that we have now. They're not going to go out and do that now or or spent the money beforehand knowing what they had in, in their pocket. Yeah. Especially we're going to get into uh, the idea of today is just kind of talk about the starting pitching and just talk about um, the current stature, you know, who's potentially bullpen guys and guys they could target. And we're going to get into some of that. And one name in particular that I'm very excited about, I did a Jeff Cartese there. Um, mm. You're going to hear later in the show. Um, but let's go ahead and get started because I did want to go ahead and t- uh, start here. So if we can get this. Oh, my God. These technical. There we go. So this is the review of Red starting pitching for 2023-2024. Um, they were 24th as a starting rotation in ERA. We're going to use caveats here, so don't worry. 25th in opponent batting average, 24th in OBP, 26th in OPS, 25th in hits given up, 25th in earned runs, and 17th in strikeouts. I'm going to use the caveat that will like that Luke Weaver got way too many starts. Um, <laughs> so there is that. Luis but, Sessa got some starts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, Luis Sessa Phillies game probably did not help. No. <laughs> probably didn't help this. Those, those, work, those numbers. But those kudos to you no. for picking Andrew Abbott because I'm pretty sure he's the reason that all of those numbers aren't worse. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so – when you kind of look at things as a whole and, you know, like we, we just mentioned those names, the Weavers, you know, Levi style with a spot start. Um, we also had bullpen days in there. We didn't talk about Carson Spires. Yes. Thank you. Um, you know, Clemson tiger. I thought maybe he might have a shot They're They're a decent baseball program. Um, but Ben, we'll start with you. When you look mm-hmm. at this as a whole, obviously the numbers aren't pretty again with the asterisk of Luke Weaver. Right. Right. Um, but what kind of jumps out to you when you see those numbers of like, how the hell did this team win 82 games? Oh yeah. Well, that's the first thing is that, man, we, with, with spot starts from different guys, um, you know, you had Hunter green spent a long stint on the uh, DL. You lost Lodolo. Um, you know, you had to bring up, you know, Andrew Abbott, you had to bring in um, a, a couple other guys to get some spot starts. I'm, it is shocking. It's shocking to me that we won 82 games and we were still in the playoff hunt. Um, but it's also um, the numbers aren't as a shock to me because we had we had to kind of knit and stitch some things together throughout the season in order to make this thing work. So, um, you know, when you lose your number one starter for that amount of time, uh, and you lose a guy that you think is your number two in Lodola for the whole season. Um, and then you, you know, you bring guys in and you get some spot starts here and there and do different things. Like um, it's amazing that we won 82 games when we were in the spot that we were. And it's also a good sign because a lot of those guys that we have started to make a lot of progress towards the end of the year and started to pitch better. Like we saw Hunter Green, his last few starts pitch really well. Uh, Ashcraft was solid. Graham, uh, you know, Abbott, like these guys were making good starts and they were making progress. So uh, it's kind of the gift and the curse, right? Like you, you 
hate to have to go that far into using different guys as starters. However, we're starting to see the growth of some of those guys the more starts they got. So it, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, Mr. The, the, the comment you just threw up, Mr. Juan, uh, that was a great one too because Graham, I mean, his first five starts, fantastic. Next five mm-hmm. starts from hell. And then yes. he goes through a couple of different injuries, <laughs> yep. and he he was uh, you know off the starting squad there for the last couple of weeks due to an injury. And I kind of felt like whenever he went down that final time, I was like, yeah, that might be yeah. that might be the straw that broke the camel's back a little bit. I didn't want to call it at the time, but I, I didn't feel great about the Reds' chances moving forward from there because he was their most efficient starter. He was the yep. guy that went the longest into the games on the most occasions. And led the league and or led led the league led the team in innings pitch. So mm-hmm. when you lose a guy like that, and think about where we were in March, we said any amount of success the Reds were going to have was on the shoulders of Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft. Yeah, and yeah. Yep. for the most part, they were MIA during yep. all of the success of this season. So it's it's crazy to believe, like kind of like you said, Ben, like the fact that they won eighty two games at all is just a, a a huge testament to just how strong everything else was on this team mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so you guys mentioned a couple of names there so these are the starting pitchers who had il stints this year and I, I might be missing someone here and there but uh hunter green was out this is the day they were put on the il this is not the day that some their last starts so i just want to make sure mm-hmm. i put that in there uh, hunter green june 19th to august 20th and then went on the COVID list from september 9th to september 10th came out this COVID list and like was awesome uh mm-hmm. nick ladola went on the il june 3rd did have a couple rehab outings just couldn't get back at it uh, Graham Ashcraft, June 9th to June 24th, and then September 2nd to the rest of the year. And Ben Lively, July 9th to August 26th, and then September 1st to September 14th. Um, that July 9th, though, if we would want to remember, was that Cub Series that where the, yeah. they uh, just left him out there to die. Basically. They did. They sure did. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they dropped value on the back of his baseball card in that yeah. game. Uh, they absolutely did. And then when he did come back, he was making more bullpen outings. So, yeah, I think when you talk about the struggles plus this stuff here, um, that says a lot. And I don't, you know, I didn't make a list necessarily of all the spot starters, but when you look at that, I mean, yeah, Sydney says Connor Overton was on the IL. Connor Overton, yes, that was. And then <laughs> Luis Sessa went to the IL with an inflated ERA before getting DFA'd. Mm-hmm. Um, Connor there are still when it comes to Connor Overton, there are still some people that are stuck in May of 2022. Like, yeah, I can. He had those two starts against the Pirates. Yeah, he, yeah. he was he was good for that month, you know. Yeah. And, and and everyone still thinks he's that guy, and it's just like yeah. that is not him, not him at all. So, yeah, that was that is a thing. Like when you look at all of those pitchers, and shout out to Ben Lively, didn't think anything of that guy. Right preseason and he was kind of an important part of this pitching staff for a month or two mm-hmm. and just the fact that they were able to pit, put anything together with all of those injuries is just insane and then you know all of major league baseball and really the nation as a whole was really grateful to the reds for reminding everybody that the covid roster rules still existed still <laughs> existed <laughs> yeah like, oh that's, that's still a thing Kind of like dig up those notes. I was like, wait, what? what? What's the deal with these? Yeah, that's a, we still do this. That's How do Do they have to be on the forty man? What is going on? Yeah, um, this is kind of what's like. Oh yeah, City says good pitch against the Pirates. Reaver San Martin. I was at Reaver San Martin's first start. 
It was the last oh, game of the season in yeah. 2021 when he started against the Pirates and just destroyed them. And I was like, like this hmm. guy, hmm, left-hander, okay, you know? Uh, and then you were like, oh. Oh yeah. Oh, like, he can't. He can't stay on the mound. So yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how many teams really went through the rotation issues the Reds did with ILs this year. You know, if you really yeah. think about it, I mean, the Mets issues were they had to trade the guys that they signed a big, big contracts. Um, St. Louis's issue is that they just weren't really good, and yeah. you know they were like, we'll just hold on to these older guys and we'll just deal with it, and it's like. Yeah, God, I should not have said that because someone's going to pop up and talk about Joey Votto now. That's not what I'm getting at. Let it go. Let's right. move on. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get into it there, but um, this might be a little bit of a quicker episode tonight, so that's that's fine with us. Um, this is kind of some of the people here I wanted to talk about, and it's who stays in the rotation from this current group. And these are guys who made starts for the team. So who's rotation guys? Who goes to the bullpen? This offsets as a deal with kind of um, – guys that we could potentially see as free agents as well. So Hunter Green, no doubt about it. You know, there's no mm-hmm. no chance. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he goes out of there. Nick Lodolo was an interesting one to me because there were a lot of people that are like, well, if he can't pitch enough innings and be healthy, is a shorter role for him worth it uh, being a, you know, potentially a bullpen guy? Uh, Graham Ashcraft, I think, is in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Williamson, I could definitely see as a bullpen guy. I do really. I think he's a major league pitcher. I do really like him. Uh, lively, if he's on the team, yes, bullpen guy. Uh, I meant to say Connor Phillips there. I just can't type. Um, I think he's a starter. Lion Richardson and Levi Stout. I don't really know. I think they're going to be like your foray starters, as uh, our friend Carlos Guevara would call them. Um, so I don't know. When you guys kind of look at this, is there anything you kind of have an opinions on that you could kind of see going either way? Um, we were definitely missing Abbott on the Abbott, list too. Yeah, well, Abbott. yeah, he's he was a for sure, so I didn't even bother. Yeah. So. Okay. Green, Green, and Abbott for sure. I still think Lodolo's got another year in him in the rotation before you start making a decision about moving him out. Yeah. Um, I, I think four spots are a lock. Those, those, and, and Ashcraft, those four guys. I think that it's a battle between Williamson and Phillips mm-hmm. for the fifth spot. And then if you sign someone, um, I'm an advocate for signing someone. We'll see what happens there and, and how they're able to do that. But um, I, I think we have we have seen that you can't just bet on everybody getting healthy. That that just right. that's a yeah. bad bet. So you you need to be prepared, and I think they need to go bolster that a bit because sure, you like Ben Lively in a pinch. You're okay with Leon Richardson in a pinch. Mm-hmm. I think Lion Richardson. I I constantly say that wrong. Um, think Levi Stout's probably a bullpen guy moving forward. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you you need more depth, definitely. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with you, Jeff. I think that if you bring in another starter, um, you know, veteran starter or a free agent guy, I think that's a good spot because I I do think that Williamson will, will help bolster your bullpen. Him and Lively both, I think, can give you solid bullpen innings. Um. But you need that fifth starter or or another guy there to to be able to do that to bolster your you can bolster your uh, bullpen within by moving those guys there and and bringing some starter help. But I yeah I definitely agree with you on that. I you think know that there's oh, go I'm ahead sorry. Jeff I'm sorry. 
I think there's this fact, and I'm stuck on this, and I might just be totally off base with this, but a couple of years ago, the Brewers pitching staff was bolstered by Brent Suter and Adrian Hauser kind of being these swingman-type pitchers. They could give you two or three innings in relief. They could spot start when you really need to give an extra day off to somebody or, you know, something like that, and I really felt like that kept their pitching staff healthy on the whole, which I saw an update today that Brandon Woodruff may require surgery and might miss the entire season next year. Mm -hmm. And I, I think they missed that this past season. And I think that that is something the Reds could really benefit from if that is what Williamson becomes and if they could get that with, you know, Lively or, or Richardson or somebody Richardson. else like that. Yeah, yeah that, that would be a good idea. I'm really curious about the Brewers because all those guys are getting going to be getting expensive soon. Mm-hmm. And knowing you're not going to have Woodruff next year, I wonder what decision to try to see if they just run it back or what. Um because Corbin Burns, uh, that's going to be some money. That's going to be yeah. some money. Uh-huh. Um, they're, they're paying Christian Yelich probably more than they'd like to be paying him. Uh-huh. So, and then, yeah, it's going to be really, really fascinating. And without him, their lineup is not scary at all. Yeah. As we saw during the playoffs when it was like all those like raining random hits that they got against the Reds all year, they just could <laughs> not get in the playoffs. Could not get in the playoffs. Yep. No. You the know luck I, ran out. You know, I am really all for bringing in a starting pitcher. Let's look at these numbers. 24th in ERA. <laughs> 25th in the foot of that Yeah. And, and, and as, as much as I was kind of in the camp, and I know we're not bringing up the deadline, I'm not trying to bring up the deadline, but during the deadline, whenever we were talking about what the Reds could possibly do, I was kind of in that camp of, yes, Lodolo and Green are going to come back and we're going to be good. And that was obviously the wrong thing because Lodolo never came back and Green came back and kind of required a few starts to get into the groove, which once he finally did, he was healthy and, and, and worth the wait, but there were still not enough starts to give him to wait. And I, I, I just feel like they need to understand that coming into the offseason. Nick Crawl can't go into this and just be like, yes, everyone will come back healthy and our right. pitching staff will be fine. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's not. Not at all. I, I, it, I think it's it's on him now because now he knows he's got a contender, mm-hmm. um, and he knows he's got a lineup that is going to be able to produce runs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lineup that uh, runs the that, you know he's got guys that can steal bases. He's got guys that can field. He's got guys that are young. He's got a young, hungry team, and now I think he knows he's got that pressure of okay, now we need to put some pitching with this lineup. So I, I would hope that he would go into this thinking that, man, we are one, possibly two starters away from being where we're, where we need to be as far as like playoff contention, possibly getting to where we want to be. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, I'll preface this by saying that at the deadline, I do fully believe Nick crawl wanted to make a move. Mm-hmm. I also do believe, and I don't want to put Blade where the hat of my bosses, that someone maybe got in the way of potentially anything happening there. And I don't have anything. I'm not reporting this. I don't have any hearsay. It's just my belief in how we've seen him be aggressive in the past. Um, you can say what you will about when they traded away Winker and Suarez and all these guys. He was very aggressive in the guys that he got. You know, I'm sure that if he calls Seattle, they could, you know, for with those guys, he could have settled on on lower lower prospects for the guys that he gave up, very much. So mm-hmm. I do think that there is there's aggressiveness where he kind of I'm sure he recognized the opportunity, and 
but I also do believe that there was probably some conversations that just weren't in his favor. Um, again, I don't have anything. I'm not reporting this. I don't have anything to say this, but seeing what we've seen from in the past where he's just fine, as long as he's not talking to the media, um, that's not his strength by any stretch of the matter. Um, he's like Zach he's Taylor. Better. Yeah. He's like yeah, Zach Taylor. Yeah. Zach Taylor says something and you're like, Oh, that was, that, that didn't make you look good. Like, just don't. He's, he's gotten better at it, but then again, that's like saying I've gotten better going to the gym because I went more than one time last week. Right. Just, yeah. Like, as long as he's straightforward with it, he's been trying to do, you know, I mean, the peaks and valleys thing was him trying to say the thing without saying the thing. Right. He just, yeah. he just isn't good at that. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I think, and, and, and this is just me and my optimistic heart of hearts, and I know that this angers some people, but I really believe that he had calls. It's just he didn't like the price. And... I don't think you you overstretch and overpay and possibly hurt your farm system if you don't have mm-hmm. to. And yeah, hindsight says he probably should have, and he probably should have had to and make this playoff run. But I really feel like this organization is moving toward a sustainable contention window, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to mess with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could be it could be both. It very well could be both people like. Like we said, and we've fallen into trade deadline talk. There yeah. we go. <laughs> Nick, Nick Castellanos could be red, good for the Reds and also still have an insane contract. Could be both. Good. Um, so I do kind of, I know we're kind of moving a little quicker than I anticipate today, but that's okay. Um, I want to bring this up because looking at normally in the past, like, you know, we've had just, just look at this last year, obviously, how many guys came up. Uh, it's not necessarily that the Reds farm system is bleak after what happened this year, but you are starting to see a little bit more of a trickle down of like future years. So 25 mm-hmm. on is probably when you're going to start seeing this next big group of prospects coming in. But I want to talk about Chase Petty because we are with this theme of the starting pitching and um, didn't make a ton of starts this year, but was really, really good. Uh, so I think he's probably next in line unless Rhett Louder just is insane, which very well could be. He's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at Chase Petty, 2023 this year, pitching in two levels, mind you, 68 innings, 66 strikeouts, only 15 walks, 238 ERA, and a year and a whip under 1.2. Um, do you guys suspect, you know, just talking about health and everything we've talked about like, through this conversation, do you think, and Ben, I'll start with you here, do you think Chase mm-hmm. Petty makes his big league debut for the Reds in 2024? Uh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I, 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 w- I want to say no. Because I, I, because I think that he he needs just a, another year of development, um, but that all depends on what we do in in the off season, right? Like, I mean, if we make moves and we bring guys in like we think we're going to, then we may not need him to make any starts. So um, I, I think if if we do what we think that the Reds are going to do. I don't think he'll make any starts in 2024 because I think we'll make moves to have starters in place. Now you can't can't determine if there's going to be injuries or things like that, of course. But if we make moves like we think they're going to make moves, then I don't think that 2024 is his year. I think he's going to be a 2025 guy. Yeah, yeah. I, not to not to an echo, not to be an echo or anything. Is there an echo in here? Uh, I totally agree. If if Chase Petty is up and has any meaningful amount of innings with the Reds, that means that something's gone horribly. Mm -hmm. And they probably traded, like maybe, hopefully they do sign some veteran pitchers, and then maybe that means they traded those guys away. There might be some injuries. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he needs a full year, another full year in the minors before I feel comfortable saying that he should be in the majors. And and you mentioned Rhett Louder too. He's a guy that if he's healthy and if he pitches well to begin the year, I think he'll probably start the year no lower than double A, may even start the year in triple A. He's just mm-hmm. so advanced and, and yeah. his mindset for pitching is there. Like he has pitched, not thrown mm-hmm. since high school and he knows how to pitch during a game. And I, th- I, I think that he, if I had to bet, I would put a lot more money on Rhett Louder making the major leagues before Chase Petty. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think you're wrong, um, but just felt interesting because, yeah, I think if you look at Pipeline right now, I think they're both the ETA on that, which Pipeline sucks. Let's be honest. If you're looking at prospects, <laughs> go to just baseball. Okay. Um, but I think Pipeline has them both projected 2025. Um, didn't have a lot of names for 2024 projections on there. But it makes sense. I mean, is Edwin Arroyo going to make big league time next year? Maybe. But that's probably the one guy at this point. Um, we've talked about Alfredo Duno quite a bit the last couple weeks here. If he's, you talk about things go wrong. If he's catching for the Reds in 2024, we got issues. <laughs> we got real issues. That'd be, that'd be, that would be a thing. I could see, I could see Blake Dunn. I, I, yeah, been... he's the one. He's got he's there's something about him and, and like looking at his stats and his game and the minors and stuff like that. I really feel like he could be maybe not option A. He's probably more option B or C as far as a right handed platoon in the outfield. But dude's got some juice. And I he's think good. that he could be a big time help for this outfield at some point this year. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does in Arizona. In the fall league, I'm really, really curious Absolutely. to see what he's gonna do. I think Jacob Hurtabees is there too, and uh, that's just my favorite guy because he has a that's cool name. Me. Yeah, I was at his AAA debut, so you know, there's that. Uh, <laughs> he did, he did, he did plenty down in Dayton, and, yeah. and I, I think there's this team has shown that there's a lot more development than just to the top thirty. I mean, TJ yeah. Friedel is the perfect example for it. Nobody knew about Friedel coming up and everybody was just like, Hey, he's a cool story. He wasn't drafted really worked his way, you know, you know, pulled himself up by the bootstraps or whatever that old saying is. <laughs> um, but I, there, there might be more to that. And, and there's a lot of folks that have scouted Blake Dunn that and said that he is the more athletic version of TJ Friedel. So who knows? There might be some more options like that, like Jacob Herdebees or um, Alex McGarry or, or different guys like that, that we're not expecting who could come up and in a short sample size be like a Nick Martini for this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw some clips of Ty Floyd pitching the other day and oh my God, mm, I am was a good so pick. excited for him. I'm, I'm ah. excited for I'm, both those second round guys are going to be a lot of fun to watch their development and see how quickly they can make it up. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so last segment we had here, let's go ahead and get to, this is kind of just a uh, potential free agent targets. Believe me, there are plenty more. But these are just kind of names I kind of saw as like, maybe these are the guys that kind of quote unquote put them over the hump. Are they realistic? Maybe not. But uh, Sonny Gray, I think it's the most realistic just because obviously his time here. And I think he's got, he wouldn't be anti coming back to Cincinnati the way that you've heard like all these guys who left talk about how much they really enjoyed their time here. I think he's perfect for this young core, this young rotation. Um, still gave up the least amount of home runs of any starting pitcher in baseball this year. Want to go ahead and make sure we make mention of that. And I guess it is Minnesota. It's a little bit of a bigger park, obviously, but it was obviously successful at GABP for three seasons. So 
I don't think he would shy away from the challenge of pitching here again. And obviously there's Derek Johnson still there. So he still has that familiarity. So um, I think his AAV at this point probably wouldn't be super pricey. Not that money should be an issue with what the Reds books look like for next year. Um, but that is the name there. Blake Snell, if they just decide to go like full fledged, like let's just have 14 starting pitchers that are left-handed uh, would be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, had a really, really good year. I don't know if San Diego is going to even think about letting him move, but yeah. if the rest get in a competitive battle with him, he's unrestricted. So, yeah. Um, Aaron Nola, I think he stays in Philly, would be a really cool name. Um, Mr. Juan, you're burying my lead. You're burying my lead. I'm getting there. <laughs> um, Jordan Montgomery, again, does Texas hold on to him? Does he have another option out there? I mean, this is the guy who pitched for the Cardinals and the Yankees. So he has a lot of experience pitching for bigger mm-hmm. organizations. Um, Brad Keller may not be the sexiest name like all these guys, but I do think he has something. He just happened to pitch for Kansas City his whole career. And it was really good his first couple seasons, but the Royals were losing you know, 90 mm-hmm. to 115 games every year. So I think Brad Keller has talent, and I think it would be a guy if you put him in a system like the Reds with a good pitching crew, could be pretty good. Um, and yes, I am all for this. If we can make this happen, I will buy t-shirts. If this happens, I will get a pink mohawk. All right. It's on wax. You heard it here. <laughs> I'll hold you to that. Yeah. We have, we have people here who are listening. Li- li- <laughs> then they'll those- really be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Between <laughs> <them>. Yep. yep. <laughs> now, now I got to explain to my wife. Um, Yoshinobu, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who a lot of people think is the best pitcher in the world for what he's doing in Japan, was just in the World Baseball Classic. Also a two-way player. You've heard this story before. Um, but the dude is very, 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 very good. Um, I want, you know, he was obviously, you know, got introduced to the universe in the World Baseball Classic this year, though it's been pretty good for a long time. He's only 25, um, which I kind of found fascinating. So obviously has a lot in this future. Um, so we're all in agreement. Uh, Yoshinobu is coming to Cincinnati, right? Dude, that would be incredible. <laughs> Love to see that. And I would definitely advocate for uh, shorting it to Yoshi and just selling all of Yoshi. the, yep. the Yoshi t-shirts that I can, you know, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. a, make a Reds baseball egg or something for Yoshi. <laughs> or, I don't know. I'm just thinking of Mario at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, like looking at that list, I really like those names. Brad Keller's probably the most feasible of them. Mm-hmm. I think Sonny Gray is going to have so many suitors. Yeah, he is. And I really think Minnesota's going to try their darndest to keep him. Um, and Jordan Montgomery is going to have that postseason shine that before mm-hmm. the postseason, I was thinking maybe he could be a, a target. But after the couple of starts he's had, it's like he's yep. going to get yep. he's going to get yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, they're going to back up the Brinks truck for him after after his starts he's had in the playoffs here. Yeah. 100%. It definitely, though, I think, you know, I, I appreciate the three of us in agreement that they need to get something. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're right, Jeff. You know, already it's been rumored that St. Louis is going to try to target Sonny Gray. Um, like you said, Minnesota. Hey, oh, yeah, I can't, I can't have that. I just That's awful. There's no, and, and as much as I would love to see it, there's just no realm of reality where St. Louis 
licks their wounds for an off season and says, let's build right. from within. They're, they're yeah. going to go get some people like mm-hmm. they're not, done. they're, they're going to be right back in it next year because they're yeah. annoying. I agree. And that's what Cardinals are. They're just annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the Cubs, I think are going to be a team that's probably going to be like, we were mm-hmm. pretty close. So yep. if we go make a run. So the Reds are going to have competition for this stuff by yep. everybody, but the pirates, because the pirates don't spend money either. Um, Though they do get veterans who are weirdly good for them in stretches. Right. Like Mitch Keller this year, like had stretches where I was like, who the hell is this guy? Like what happened? <laughs> right. um, uh, David Bednar is just a great yeah. yeah. Bednar. Yeah. <laughs> he comes in the game. Forget about it. You're not I know. Anything. I'm like, what the hell is, who, who is this guy? Like, but the thing I, I bet, and this is like a bold prediction because I don't know where he's going. I don't know who's favored to get him, but I could see the Cubs going and getting Yoshi. I could like, too. I, I would hate that, but I could see the mm-hmm. Cubs looking to make a huge splash and probably not trying to fight over Aaron Nola or Blake, or Blake Snell or something like that and seeing that Yoshi's 25 years old. They're like, this could be our guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. I can see them going to do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know if the like the Mets have been kind of heavily linked to him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they can kind of afford to after Senga. They probably can though. The Mets they're in New York, but right, Steve yeah. Cohen's got he he yeah. makes up. I think he prints money. I, I don't. know. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Is the rule still there for these Japanese teams where like uh, you have like pay money to even negotiate with them, and yes. then okay, so yeah, yeah. you're probably the, I yeah, don't know. The, yeah, the Reds would have to even put up a, a fee just to even talk to him, first yeah. off, which means the team would have to accept it. I, I think, yeah, you're probably looking at a, it's going to be a big market that, that goes for him. I think the most likely, it's it's going to be interesting to see who the Reds go after in the starters market. I, yeah. I was looking at Frankie Montas today, and I'm wondering if he's not a good name. I don't know what you guys would think of that because I know he's coming like off him. of couple of injury plate years but dude dude could shove in oakland yeah, yeah. he was tough in oakland he was real mm. tough in oakland i like that name i like frankie montas um yeah i just tried to kind of i was trying to think of like uh, you know if you look at the ufa list starting pitching is probably where it's going to be the deepest in free agency amongst all the position groups like uh, when i was on your show uh talking about the catching core i was like the reds might as well just bring the guys back they have because mm. There's no difference maker as a free agent catcher this year, except for Mitch Garver, and he's more a DH nowadays. Right. Like, I think he has money Grandall as a free agent. But yeah. He right. ain't been anything worth writing home about mm. since the Reds were rumored to be in on him a couple of years back, and then he ended up going to Chicago. So right. he's not he's not walking. The, the Yasmani Grandall you want isn't walking through that door. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I didn't put Shohei on this, obviously, for obvious reasons. If, uh, but if hey, for man. any reason or another outfield, <laughs> uh, no, he doesn't play the outfield, but yeah, no. <laughs> he's also not pitching next year either. So right. no, he's not. No, yeah. No. But if that was possible, if it was like, I'll talk to Cincinnati, I think that would be insane. Put Number on one list. in attendance increase year over year, <laughs> yeah. two years in a row. If you yeah. shine, if you assign Shohei Otani. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Um, let me pull up. I'll pull a spot check real quick before we get out of here. Kind of think of some, uh, some other names that are going to be free agents. Uh, I there saw Ad- I saw Adam Wainwright, which I th- he's retiring anyway. But yeah, I don't know retiring. why spot check even put him. But also just never. 
Just never. <laughs> no, because he has to be able to pitch to Joey Votto so Joey Votto can hit more home runs. That's that's yeah. what that has yeah. to be. That's, how, that's the rules of that, right? Yeah, them's the rules. Them's the you rules. Can't, can't be on the same team. I would love to see, too. Like, I mean, There's a couple of different names out there like on the relief market that really intrigue me. A guy like Nick Martinez from mm-hmm. the Padres or Matt Moore. He's going to be a free agent as well. I think he's probably still going to pitch a year or two more. Um, both those guys, the, the thing that I, and I really, I think they understand this and I hope they prioritize this, get somebody that can keep the ball on the ground. Yeah. The Reds were second to last in major league baseball in the second worst ballpark to give up fly balls in. Like Mm -hmm. you got to keep the ball on the ground because you're not going to strike out everybody. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, what do you think about? Obviously, we're going to be talking about this all offseason until they get somebody. Um, and I notice every team I keep coming up with are lefties. So um, James Paxton is intriguing because he yes. was pretty decent for for Boston this year. Um, I'm out on Jake Odorizzi. I don't think he's bad. I just don't know how he would do here. Um, Jack Flaherty definitely out. I mean, Baltimore was like, we can't even have this guy start anymore. Mm-hmm. Um Def, some... definitely oh, yeah. out on um, what the heck's his name? The pitch for the Dodgers that's in trouble right now. Lance Lynn. No, no, no. Oh, no. this in trouble. Urias, oh. Urias. Yeah, Urias. Yeah, no. Yeah. Don't want anything. Anything. To do Been through that. that stuff already. Don't need to do it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that. I don't know. Like a guy like James Paxton makes sense. I feel like there's an element of the Reds might prioritize bullpen over I do starting. So if they can get a deal. And that's the thing. Like, everybody kind of has their price. Like, if you could get um, James Paxson on a deal, or who are we just talking about? You just mentioned his name, and it'd be a prove it type contract. But could you get him for a couple of million? Yeah. <laughs> could you get him for a Luke Weaver deal? And right. Would you do that? You're talking about Jack Flaherty? Yes, Jack Flaherty. Yes. I'm not against that. Um, and this mean, is just probably free- not, but yeah, right. And this is just a free agent market. We don't know what the trade market is going to look like. Who's going to be selling, starting pitching? Um, that could that brings up a whole different conversation as well. And who's out always, there for these teams that are selling, starting pitching? Always easier to trade in the off season too. Like, right? Teams yeah. are more willing to do that. And I, I mean, I I hate advocating for anyone to be traded away, but the Reds have a glut in the out or in the infield. Mm-hmm. And, and and plenty of options there that should they trade one, I don't think that they will miss a ton, depending on who they trade. But you you could see that happen. And and I know everyone's immediately thinking, well, Jonathan India, you can trade Jonathan India for an ace right now. Yeah. yeah. You gotta think of what the other general manager is going to say in that deal because it right. might not right. be the same thing. Yeah. We talked about this last week. We Actually, did. I'll get your thoughts on this real quick before we get out of here. I made the case that they should bring back Nixon Cell next year. Okay. Crushes left-handed pitching. <laughs> Just like, huh? <laughs> All right. Crushes left-handed pitching. I know there's not yes. a ton of left-hander. Multiple defensive positions. Had his best power season last year. Yes. I... We, we know what he is at this point, right? We know that he's right. not going to be the guy who took number two overall. This is like uh, Drew Sample for the Bengals. Forget he was taken in the second round. Is he on the field and is he helping your team? Okay. 
can you do what they did with Kyle Farmer? Where I think you, you can. release him to avoid arbitration, sign him back on basically the same deal that he just had. Because well, I'm with you, and I think that an area of need that the Reds have is a right-handed hitting outfield bat. And he would fit the mold and be very cost-effective in doing so. I'm not advocating that the Reds don't spend money. I'm just saying, like, when you look at opportunity costs and what it's going to cost to get the pitching and things like that. But he fits that mold. I just wonder, like, what is that meeting like? Does he want to come back or does he want that change of scenery? Because we've heard that, you know, there were members of the family that were telling Nick Crawl he needs more playing time. So... There, there, there's an element of that that it's like, is that going to mm-hmm. still be part of the equation? Because then, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. It's also, I really wonder, if that were the case, say they try to do the Kyle Farmer thing, mm. who are they competing against? Like, who's like, man, I, he's on the I market. I need some Nixon Zell. <laughs> right. Because right, like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not trying to disrespect him yeah. by any stretch of the matter, because obviously I really like him. And, you know, maybe he doesn't want to be here. Maybe this is like, look, I did it. It just didn't work out. I want to go somewhere else. But like, and I'm sure people would, you know, do the at worst minor leagues, minor league contract, major league invite to spring training. Yeah. Um, but I look at like he'd be really good somewhere. Like he'd be good on the Giants. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just that super athletic guy in that big outfield. Straight uh, platoon. They they all yeah yeah they platoon mm-hmm. come hell or high water basically in San Francisco. Yeah, if you put him in Tampa, he probably hits 25 home runs in that thing they call a ballpark. Um, but I was thinking, too, like you could see like Pittsburgh slide in to just nope. be really annoying. Nope. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. nope. I could see that. I don't like it. Just, just, just for the sheer fact that he's a former Red and then mm-hmm. he would fit well in what they do. No. I don't and like thinking it. Thinking of like pipelines, like the Mariners might go after him. But but by go after him, I think kind of like you said, like they will be talking to him in terms of minor league invite with spring training or mm-hmm. minor league contract with invite to spring training. Not necessarily, we'll give you $5 million for the next, you know, three yeah. years for you to be our left fielder. Like that that's not going to happen. Yeah, I think we're way right. past that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. But I just figured I'd get your thoughts on that as a fellow Reds expert. Um I- yeah, for like the most part, like there's most most guys. I'm like, what's the situation? What what is the deal? Like, what are you what are you promising? What is the plan with this guy? Like, if the plan is going forward, he's going to fit the role that we need. Cool. But if he's going to return to the feeling of I'm the promised prospect that was going to get the franchise where they needed to be, then that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Minnesota would be another good team for him. I just thought about that. That could be pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of well, and 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 I did it again because I we um little spoiler. Me and Steve already recorded our episode for Monday, but we went to talk about Tyler Malley, and then I remembered, oh yeah, he's not going to pitch till like at least June. But yeah. yeah, if he if he's out there on a prove it deal, like what's your interest in him? And and Steve Steve had none. I'm like I got a passing interest in him, but I get it. 40 man roster gets a 40 man roster spot gets taken up by him or something like that. Then what's the, what's the deal with all that? Right. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. And it's probably the most anticipated off season, at least in our lifetime for this team. Mm -hmm. Right. Like important off season. Yeah. 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 I agree. 
Well, Jeff, before we get out of here, obviously always appreciate you coming to hang out with us here on the riverfront side of this. Um, None of us really dislike each other. We all want to help each other out. Exactly. So I think Locked On has kind of become like our our, our, our other friendly show that we hang out with. So we yeah. definitely appreciate it. Uh, before we do get out of here, why don't you give a chance to shout out Locked On, what, you know, where to find you guys, how often to find you guys every day. But every day. What, uh, you know, what, what, what can people expect if they, for some godforsaken reason, have not listened to you before? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, I appreciate it. We try to be friendly, so I appreciate you <laughs> perceiving the friendliness. Um, yeah, every day uh, here on YouTube, if you're watching, uh, if you're listening, we're on your favorite podcasting app Monday through Friday, uh, all throughout the offseason. There, there's going to be a point in December where we kind of drop down maybe one or two episodes or, you know, maybe like three or four episodes in a week. But then we'll be right back with you five days a week uh, as pitchers and catchers report because, Steve and I are addicted to this stuff. And quite frankly, the people around us would hear us talk about the Reds if we didn't have an avenue of recording. So um, those around us thank anyone for listening to us. <laughs> That's uh, exactly how my family feels. So yes. I completely understand. Yeah. Um, real quick before we do get out here as well, go ahead and shout out what's going on around the Riverfront. Um, if you didn't check out this week, Riverfront, you debuted and had a lot of really, really, really good content. So uh, myself and Ryan Roberts had an introductory show to kind of tell you what the feed will be about. Uh, Ryan had a really good preview for uh, the UC Iowa State game, which uh, did not go very well. Now did it, people? Hey. Uh, with hey. uh, with yeah. good friend uh, Jim Kelly Jr., Hall of Famer, hanging out. And then we did our first episode of NBA Friday because, Lord, you cannot keep me from having a microphone in my house and not talking about the National Basketball Association. <laughs> it's not possible uh, that we said it was myself, Sean Backey, and Parker Fields. So please check out Riverfront U. Please check out the Riverfront Primer with Chad and Nate. And uh, Joe did the Riverfront Bengals show post game with bill lack this week where they recap the Bengals went over the seahawks so a lot going on at the riverfront you can also check us out at riverfrontcincy.com for all of our game coverage as well but on behalf of ben and jeff this is tim daniel have a good night join the patreon if you haven't already and we will talk to you all next week <laughs>